Welcome, everybody, once again to the Mission Moultrie Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Baker, with uh, my co-host, uh, John Norman. How you doing, John? I'm good, Sam. How are you doing? Good, man. Um, here we are again. Here we are again, man. One more week. We're killing it. Yeah, we are. Like, this is like five straight weeks in a row? Yeah. Man. The pace is blistering. I see episode 50 in the just down the road. We're, <laughs> it's we're, not far away. No. We're like a fifth of the way there. Five episodes in. We thank everyone for their support, their listens, their shares, their likes, and not too many comments, but, you know, we will respond to those comments. Trust us. If you put them up there, we will be faithful to see those. We're so thorough at answering all the questions throughout the podcast, Sam. That's right. That's right. Um, So last week, we were in reality number three. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that God invites us uh, into his work. Um, talk to us about, did you have another stellar family small group? We did. We, 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 we are really enjoying engaging our soon-to-be 16-year-old. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun um, getting his input and seeing where he's at with this. And um, just... He's, I'm excited because teenagers can, can learn to hear the voice of God also. And so it's not just, you know, mature 30, 40 and 50 year olds that can hear the word of God. Oh yeah. I believe if you claim the name of Jesus and we're going to talk about that today, mm-hmm. God speaking to people. Um, so Moving into that, mm-hmm. I hope everyone had a great small group meeting last week. Um, but moving into reality number four, I want to start by introducing our in-studio guest, uh, Andrea Scaro. How you doing, Miss Andrea? Hey, I'm doing good, Sam. It's good to be here with y'all. In fact, it's just like listening to the podcast, so this is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. What do you think of the studio? Hey, it's coming together. I think it's looking good. I was pretty um, impressed. It's a real studio. Yeah. It's the closest thing we have to a studio. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. It's got to do. It's it got to work. Official. Um, so we both attend Friendship. Yeah. And I was asking you before, what is it? What do you do at Friendship? Well, it's funny. You know, I grew up at Friendship. Um, I did too. Yeah, you did too. Well, I was I was married at you Friendship. You were there? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, so contrary to some belief, I don't own Friendship and I'm not the <laughs> I'm not the one who sole proprietor. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> sole proprietor of Friendship. Oh dear, but um I I love ministry. The Lord called me to ministry when I was young and Um, friendship's a great place for our family now and we um, enjoy it together as family my husband's one of the co-pastors there and on our website you'll find me listed as the director of women's ministries but I try to just um, fill in and do whatever's called on to do you know whatever I'm called on to do I love all aspects whether it's children's youth um, women whatever Teaching, I love that, but um, there's no end of things you can do in the church. Yeah, that's a true statement. Excellent inductive Bible study teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I, <laughs> I do admire the way you uh, 
uh, teach and study Bible. Well, thank you. I I love it. I love the word. So this was, I was thrilled to be able to talk with y'all today because it is about hearing from God and the word's such a big central mm-hmm. part of that. Full uh, media disclosure, uh, this is John's sister. Yes. Yes, I'm the older sister. She is the He's oldest. He's the younger brother. I'm the baby. <laughs> and there's a brother and in between us, Lee. There is a brother in between, yeah. and uh, he's a good brother. He is a good brother. And um, he's not as uh, talkative as you or I, either one. Well, I think you've got me beat, too. So. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I was the baby. I had to speak up, and I had there to take That's control of the conversation. Think. Yeah, I thought I better you know. get in here, actually, and defend myself against my, <laughs> <laughs> against my little brother. It's true. Well, <laughs> it is a special uh, occasion for you to be here. And, and uh, mm. as, as already mentioned in a previous episode, um, she is one of my heroes. And... Um, one of my biggest inspirations to stay following Jesus, and I've just watched her life. I've watched your life, Andrea, and just your dedication and determination always has been, you know, kind of one of those knots in the rope, you know, to hang on to. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to talk with you about the things of God, not just on the podcast, but we get to do this at least Maybe once a month or so, we'll yeah. we'll find time to just really sit down and and just share what the Lord's doing and encourage one another in the Lord and and mm-hmm. so um, so I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. So why don't you introduce us to Reality Four? All right, Reality Four. God speaks. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church. To reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. And so um, it's really important, you know, when you, we, at the beginning, we talked about, you know, God, the relationship, you know, that God invites us into a relationship. And what kind of relationship would it be if God didn't, if there wasn't a means of communication, you know, and, just like with all um, relationships, a lot of times there's there's multiple means of communication, and mm-hmm. God is is that same way. He communicates with us so many ways, and so today we want to look at um, how uh, we hear the voice of God and, and some of the ways that He speaks to us. And so, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask. So. Uh... Miss Andrea, that's a habit. I'm not going to break that's it. That's fine. Sorry. You can call um, me Miss Andrea. I should call her Miss Andrea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, deference. Um, so just kind of introduce us real quick. I know you've been studying the entire week, and uh, these guys are going to get this uh, introduced on a Sunday, and they're going to be at this all week. So just give us that 30,000-foot uh, view of what you're thinking on, what God had for you through this week of study. Well, this is such a, an important aspect of our relationship, like John mentioned. I mean, it start, this is where it starts. God speaks, God mm-hmm. woos, God draws us in. He communicates his love, and we respond. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't stop there. And this is what keeps me in the faith, quite honestly. It's God speaking to me, mm-hmm. relating to me day in and day mm-hmm. out, and me to him 
that keeps me in the faith. Quite honestly, it's what keeps me moving forward in my relationship with him. So the the devotionals here do a really good job of talking about, you know, God speaking in powerful ways through the word, how the word is central to that. His word doesn't um, return void. And it all leads to what um, I think in Isaiah 55, right in that first um, day, mm-hmm. talks about it leads to the Lord's renown. Mm. So his word going forth is to work in our lives, but ultimately to bring him glory. So it's the word, it's prayer, it's circumstances. And as I was looking at circumstances on day four, I I tried to analyze a little bit in my own life, you know, what are those circumstances? So many different life experiences Mm -hmm. that God moves in and speaks to us. But even more than the event itself or the thing itself is the people in that circumstance, the people that you do that event with that Mm -hmm. God uses to speak into your lives. And so just one other little thing, as I was reading through Exodus again, uh, in chapter three on this, I'd forgotten that God, when he called Moses to do this, I, I remember, of course, he had Aaron with him. He had his sister Miriam with him. But um, it was him and the elders of Israel who went before Pharaoh. He didn't he wasn't on this journey by himself. That's right. So God was using other people as well in those circumstances. And and we need the body of Christ Amen. in hearing God's voice. And that's often how I've tested the Lord's will in my own life. What? What does the body have to say about it? What do my elders have to say about it? Absolutely. So, um, and then day five, God, when God seems silent. Mm. And, you know, we've um, definitely experienced a year of more silence, I think, than we've ever had before. Mm. Um, And that's, in some ways, been the silver lining. Mm -hmm. We've stepped back, or at least I know um, many I've talked with in my own life, I've stepped back, pulled back from a lot of things um, that were normal. So they could hear from God. And have heard from God, yes. It's actually caused us mm-hmm. as a as a society to I think I think that's why the experiencing God um this curriculum, this study has peop so many people and so many pastors have joined in and said yes mm-hmm. because um, there, there is a desire to hear from God and to know what God, what is, what's going on, God. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the sad thing is, is that it it takes many times a crisis to get us to ask God, what are you doing? Yeah. And we're so much better off if we just stay in that daily, you know, pursuit. God, what are you doing today? Absolutely. um, Absolutely. I think that that gives us the opportunity to do um, what I call build a big reservoir of grace. mm -hmm. Like if we're in the Lord day in and day out, then when that crisis hits, we've got this big reservoir of grace to draw from. Mm. Everything that God's been pouring in our lives in the normal times, the daily times is like a reservoir to draw on Mm. when when we're Mm. faced with tough things. Absolutely. So I got a question for you. Okay. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today, and um, so I was thinking about the the story of Samuel mm-hmm. in First uh, Samuel, and um, this is when Samuel was still a, a boy, and he was before he had. Um, and, and this is what the word says in chapter three. It says, "And the Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me.'" But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, 
and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so we have this just amazing encounter of this young boy who was in the church or in the temple. He was serving, Mm -hmm. serving very well. He was around the things of God. He was around the people of God, the high priest of God at that time. But yet he had not heard the word of the Lord yet. He had not heard the voice of God to him. And so as, uh, as Huckabee points out in here, um, when God speaks to you, you, you know it. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I wanted to know, uh, do you remember the first time that you heard the Lord when the word of the Lord came to you? Mm-hmm. Sure. I think um, it goes back to what we were saying, too, with um, that's how the relationship starts. Mm-hmm. So um, I grew up in the church, Mount Olive Baptist Church. Brother Ronald and, Barrett. Um, yeah, Brother Barrett. And I remember walking into church one Sunday morning, and I hate to say it, I didn't hear a word the preacher said, but it was because the Holy Spirit was speaking his word to me. Mm. and. Around and around in my head was um, going Second Timothy chapter two verses twenty through twenty one, which basically says, "In a large house, there are many utensils mm. for use, some for noble purposes and some for ignoble purposes. And if a man cleanses himself from the ignoble things, he'll be useful for the Lord's good purposes." Mm. And the Lord knows how we're wired, and so <laughs> I, I was just sitting there. I couldn't. I knew people were there in church with me, but all I could hear was the voice of the Lord and that those verses going around in my head. And and when I was little, um, it used to be a big thing. You know, John, when Daddy would have us stay home from school and just work on the farm because mm-hmm. Daddy worked, and that's how I related to him. When I got to stay home and go work with him, that mm-hmm. was a big relationship day for me to be with of him. Course. And that's how... I felt close to him. I would join him in his work. And God, knowing my young heart, the way I was wired, um, spoke to me that day. Not a salvation. I mean, it wasn't John 3, 16 that he spoke to my heart. He spoke to me about service. Mm. And immediately, as my heart was crying out, yes, God, Father, I want to work with you. Mm. it was I'm, like I'm so glad I asked this question because I've never <laughs> heard this story. I wondered if you had heard this no. story. So immediately when I when my heart said yes, I want to work with you, mm. Father. The darkest blanket fell on me, oh, wow. and I, for the first time, was truly conscious mm. of my sin. Mm. Now I was only twelve. I had a pretty sheltered life. But my sin felt so dark to me that day, mm. and I just began to weep and knew that I needed Jesus as my Savior. Oh, that's so that's awesome. how he got my attention with his word that would call to something within me mm. about relationship. And then he just took me through that process of cleansing and regeneration, and he still speaks to me through his word and sometimes he just is like he shuts me off and and that's all I can hear yeah. is his his word but the word is is key that's right the word is really key and it, and and as you said there was a uh, a scripture verse he was yes. speaking to you from the written word and it mm-hmm. was he it was made alive to you and he exactly. was the holy spirit at some point a sunday school teacher or somebody 
I don't it know. It could have been George Barber. Yeah. <laughs> no telling who I don't know was. who had so, shared that verse with me. But the Holy before. Spirit was reminding yes. you and bringing it to remembrance, and He was yes. piercing your heart with it. That's yeah. awesome. And um, I'm so thankful for the the life that we grew up on the farm. Yeah. With. And I, I actually made the men in my Sunday school laugh really loud last Sunday because I was sharing with them uh, about a time when. Um, I told Dad because we we did work. We worked. <laughs> Sam, you don't. You've never worked like we worked. This is this is hard work. If you don't okay? believe us, just ask. Yeah. Us. <laughs> and, uh, but I said, Dad. Sure. I I told my dad. I said I was just being as transparent with my dad as I could. You know. I said, Dad, I'm I'm just lazy. <laughs> and he looked at me with much compassion and said, It's okay, son. I'm going to help you with that. <laughs> And he did. Nice. Yeah. He was he, he was faithful and true, <laughs> and he helped me overcome laziness. And so that's um, good. We always were uh, beware the question: Are you bored? Yeah. Oh Ooh, no, no, like, no, nope, never nope. admit that. I've got, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that's yeah. Right. something over yeah. here. That's yeah. right. Yep, yep, yep. So that kind of leads me uh, into day one. Uh, so some of you uh, might be headed into this part of the devotion. Um, but they asked the question on page 72, have you lost your sense of all that the creator mm-hmm. still chooses to speak to you, his creation? Do you approach the reading of your Bible with a holy expectation, listening for the life changing words God has for you that day? Mm, that's good. That's really good. And I think that I heard, um, I heard, uh, Pastor Chan, is it? Francis. Francis. Hmm. He he. I was listening to one of his uh, um, sermons on YouTube, and he was the title of it was "Is Is God Enough?" Hmm. And he was talking about this very thing of being in awe of the Word, you know. And do we go to church on Sunday just to hear the Word of God? You know, if if we said, "Hey," This Sunday we're going to be reading the Book of Romans. Just come and and we don't. That doesn't excite us like it should. Just to mm. go, not us in America, mm-hmm. but in 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 other countries, if they can go and gather somewhere and hear the reading of the Word, it's a very precious precious mm. thing to them, and they are in all of it. And so I think yeah. that's we definitely need to return to that, Sam. The awe and the holy expectation. That's right. Like when you come before the Lord in the word or when you go to hear the word, you know, go with expectation that I know when I, I know when I've missed out because I didn't have my expectation there Mm -hmm. in the beginning Mm -hmm. and you leave empty or you don't find anything there. But if you, you know, even if you've had a drier devotional time and you haven't really heard something specific from the Lord. Keep the expectation there. Sure. Yeah. Keep the expectation. Uh, Dr. Brian Russell, uh, uh, Dean of Asbury Seminary in Orlando, uh, he a fantastic teacher of inductive Bible study. But before every online lecture, in-person lecture, anytime he dives into the text, he has this prayer and he got it from someone else. But he says, Lord, astonish us with your word today. Mm-hmm. And, I love uh, that. And that just raises the bar for mm-hmm. the expectation. That's right. And 
Um, yeah, Blackaby. I don't know. I got a lot of names <laughs> dancing around in my head right now. But uh, it goes on in the next paragraph. It said, God's word is powerful. When God speaks, nothing remains the same. And, yes, and that, I underlined that same thing. Yeah, another way to say that is uh, it's God's word is transformative. Sure. Mm-hmm. And because that, Jesus has total authority. Right. So, yeah, something's got to happen. Yeah. Uh, right. And that's one of the points of day one, day two, that nothing that Jesus has said. That's right. Right there. Yeah. There was never a time Jesus spoke when what he said didn't happen. Right. And yeah. I, lo- I love what he said before that. How many attempts did it take Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead? Only yeah. one. <laughs> Only one. Right. He didn't, okay. Good. Let me get, I, I got to get warmed up. I'm sorry. Let me, I, I'm, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Okay. Let me go. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so wasn't, he wasn't building, uh, no, no. building tension. No, no, no. no. He but, was, so, yeah. So, do you think the. No, that's unfair. That's kind of loaded. <laughs> what do? You, how would you assess uh, people that you teach and encounter? How would you assess their thought about how their expectation of God speaking to them through through the Bible? <clears throat> that is a loaded question, but whatever. Like when I'm teaching, right? Do I do try to th- look out there and gauge how hungry they are? You could, sure. I just <laughs> that's so hard. No, no, I, I'll that's just so hard like, to know. Not not hungry. I I think there are plenty of people who faithfully read mm-hmm. their Bible, yes. and I think there are people who um, really want to, but don't for whatever reason. They mm-hmm. say they don't have time or or whatever. But I also think there's a lot of people who just read it and they don't really expect to get anything out of it for themselves. Yeah. So there's fruit to be expected as well. And um, on day one, it talks about uh, this in Isaiah 55. It mentions verses 10 through 11 there. But if you go on down and you read verses 12 through 13, it talks about what results when God's word does it does its work in your life, mm-hmm. and it results in joy. It says you'll be led forth in peace, mm-hmm. and that the Lord's renown, His fame, will just increase in the land because of what the word has done in your life, and the word will do its work. So, I mean, there's going to be fruit in evidence if you're in the Word of God and you're expecting God to speak. He's going to speak. And so, again, that fruit is going to be there, and that's how I gauge my own um, my own state of, you know, dryness spiritually. Like, how, in, how engaged am I with the Word this week? Mm-hmm. Am I really giving it its mm-hmm. place? Am I coming to it with expectation? Is it having its fruit in me? Mm-hmm. Is it causing me to think about something that I need to change, that I need to confess, mm-hmm. that I need to walk in or lean into you're applying it yeah yeah it's got to have the application and so i think sam you know for 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 myself for years you know um reading the word was a daily task that i needed to check off in order to stay in right relationship with the lord 
And when, when that is it, then that is it. That's, that is the fruit of your approach. If it's, if it's just going to be something you check off, then mm-hmm. that's, that's the extent of it. But if you're, if you're, when I started reading the word to know the heart of God and to, to, to be able to apply it, you know, and, and to have that expectation. And cause I need, when I started going to the word because I knew I needed a change and the, and the word tells me if you'll meditate on this, if you'll take captive every thought, you know what I'm saying? If you'll think on these things, you know, when I started using the word to renew my mind, cause I knew my mind need renewing and I was struggling with thoughts and, and feelings that they were not fruitful and productive. Mm-hmm. They were not peaceful. They were not taking me into a deeper walk with the Lord. Um, when I started doing that, then, um, you know, the word of God became alive to me. I, I think one of the most powerful biblical principles, um, for studying the word and getting something from the word is, uh, those who are faithful with little and if you're, or if you're not faithful with the little things, mm-hmm. God won't trust you with the bigger things. And so we got to, we got to read the word. We got to start. And when, and when Jesus, you know, starting in the gospel of John is great, but when Jesus says, do something, do it, sure. <laughs> you know, you start, that's, you're hearing the word. This, this is his, it's just like, it's just like Huckabee said, you know, the word of God is, you know, is God speaking to us? It's, it is, it's the first place we, you know, hear from God. And, but we have to do it. And if we're not going to apply what we read here from the word, why would we expect to hear the still small voice or, you know, anything else? And so I'm not saying God don't never do that, but I think that's for me, that's been like, uh, I got when I if I'm teaching someone how to hear from the Lord, you know, I'm like, well, are you reading your Bible and are you trying to obey what it says? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Let, and let's dive. Let's just take a little bit deeper now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So sitting in class, got a professor, and he presents this question to the class that kind of just got the gears in my brain turning and but he presented uh you know the the question of the lecture was like what is scripture what is the bible but he presented it as and there's a word a lot of people may not be familiar with and for some people it's just going to totally turn you off about what I'm about to say but he presents like God's scripture as sacrament and what he means by sacrament is that it is necessarily transforming right Mm. like the sacraments would be baptism uh, the Lord's Supper at minimum I think most denominations and faith statements kind of count those, but to take scripture itself as sacrament, the hearing of the word, the reading of the word in and of itself is 
transformative. Well, and the reason it is is because Jesus is the Word. That's right. So it's transformative because of Jesus, That's not right. just because of the letters printed on the page. That's right. It, yeah. I mean, it is representative That's of right. the Word of God. And, and, and when we realize that from Genesis to Revelation is... Is Jesus? Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole when we start reading the Bible to understand who Jesus is and mm-hmm. what He did and and everything we have in Jesus, you know, then it, it is transformative. Mm-hmm. The and we're gonna have my wife on here one day for a, a podcast for this. But <clears throat> the the verse that I would say that set her free has been one of the most transformative verses for her was. Man does not live by bread alone, but mm-hmm. by every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth, mm-hmm. and that's what we have in 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 the in the in the Bible. Is yeah. we ha- these are words because they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. They are the words that have proceeded from the Father's mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for a deeper dive on that, um, and we can talk about it, or we can move on. But um, I would encourage you to look up the foundational prayer of Judaism and. A lot of scholars would argue one of the foundational prayers of first century Christianity is the Shema in Deuteronomy 6, 4 uh, through 9. Uh, there's two major principles in this, that the Lord is your God, or the, the proper God. name, Yahweh is your God, mm-hmm. uh, and He is the only one. Mm-hmm. And... These words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. In other words, all the time. That's right. Mm -hmm. All the time. These words, the word of God should be on our hearts and our minds. And you, you were talking about discipleship. And when you sit down with your, you know, person you're discipling and you, you ask, are you reading your Bible? Mm-hmm. I bet you don't have to ask to know the answer to that question. No, no, no. Like, I mean, you know, but and that goes back to the Bible being transformative, right? right that, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know who's reading and mm-hmm. who's not reading. That's right. Anyway. Um, it, it, but it's just like, a, you know, we were, my wife and I was talking with a couple one time, um, and they were really struggling. And so I just opened up the word to Second Corinthians. Is it chapter 13 on, on love? Mm-hmm. And I just read, just started reading through it. And, and, and before that, I asked them, do you love each other? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we love each other. I'm like, okay, great. Good answer. You know? <laughs> and then as I began to read Second Corinthians chapter 13 about what love is, you could just see they had this moral crisis, which we'll be getting into Mm -hmm. in a few weeks, you know, because all of a sudden what they said, they said they loved each other, but when they saw what the word said love was, they Mm -hmm. realized, oh my gosh. We're not there. We're not. (laughs) Yeah. So that rolls right into page 74. When you listen to sermons, do the scriptures seem aimed at you directly? Believe it or not, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You're experiencing the reality that the Word of God is alive and can read your thoughts and judge your intentions. 
what that's do you think? Good. Well, I think that's so, so true and so necessary. In fact, I was reminded as I studied through this um, day two that part of that holy expectation that I need to bring with me to the Word is this prayer from Psalm 139, Search mm-hmm. me, O God, and know my heart. Mm-hmm. It's not That's the first expectation I need to come with. God, show me by your Word right. what sin is in my heart, mind, what impurity is there, mm-hmm. what wrong motive is there, the hidden things, you know? And that's a scary invitation. And that's a scary invitation, and it's uncomfortable, and I don't do that consistently well, enough. It that's because it it means death. To self. To the flesh. Mm, yeah. It, it means that yeah. something's coming to an end, um, that the flesh really enjoys and holds on to and is comforting to the flesh mm-hmm. and um absolutely and, 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 and the times that i've grappled with that the most is like my flesh is like if i trust you here god it means less of this for me mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what the flesh says mm-hmm. and god's like well you don't get a say in this flesh yeah. I'm 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 satisfying the spirit man, and so yeah. Um, but that's good. I uh, I just wrote down in the margin that this is the most important thing to seek God's will on. Mm. It needs to start mm. right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So day two, all about Second uh, Timothy three sixteen, uh, which is one of the three sixteens you should memorize, mm-hmm. commit to memory. Um. If you're, you need to make a note of that. If you're driving or if you're in your house right now, listen to this podcast, uh, make a mental note, commit second Timothy three sixteen to memory. Um, and I'm just gonna Blackaby comes right out and says, if you aren't firmly grounded in God's word, you'll be bombarded with an assortment of doctrines, lifestyles, and behaviors. That's right. And you'll have no means to evaluate whether they're approved by God. That's right. Mm. So I think people get, um, and agree or disagree, um, people get comfortable consuming Christian content Mm -hmm. in place of, consuming like podcast the bread yeah right <laughs> like this podcast uh don't get comfortable listening to just our podcast yeah please but listen to our podcast um <laughs> but they get comfortable consuming christian content rather than uh the bread of right. life, which is the word of god um agree or disagree uh absolutely i mean and we're so indoctrinated with just superficial content in media on facebook social media you can scroll i mean you were talking about this at youth group last night i think sam you can scroll through your facebook feed and see you know pretty pictures with uh uplifting Mm. comments and not even bible verses but inspirational quotes And we get lulled into thinking that that is feeding our soul, which mm. is so not. It's just Mm-mm. so um, inadequate yes. to feed There's the no soul comparison. like the Word yeah. of God does. Yeah. And and what is what is key to me about this verse is it says all all Scripture, and so many times a day 
you'll have, you know, false teachers and misinformed teachers mm-hmm. and who will teach a passage of scripture and take a passage of scripture and build, you know, a teaching and a doctrine on it. And it's like, wait a minute, that you're not taking into consideration all the scripture. Yeah. <laughs> and right. and that's what the verse says is all scripture is God breathed. And I know people struggle with, you know, <clears throat> well, how do we know that Genesis and Revelation, well, there's other books of the Bible, there's or there's other um ancient writings and there was other gospels and there was other yes, there there were other writings and there's historical writings and stuff like that, but when you look at you know the Sam, you're the highly educated one here. The, is it the canonical or the canonical? The canonical, you know, the canon. Yeah, <laughs> the canon. When you look at the 33 books, did I get that number right? That make up the Bible. You know, mm, there's more than that. There's, there's more, more than 67. that. Sixty-seven. Well, just in the New <laughs> Testament, right? Yeah. See, good. You you pass, Sam. But when we look at those books, I don't like when you people put me on the spot about that kind <laughs> of we, stuff because I'm like, I'm going to say something. That's and why somebody's going to leave. That's a why comment. you're here, Sam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to bring your A game. Um, so when we look at all those books and how they, and this goes look back that up, Sam. We go back to the revelation <laughs> of Christ. When that's why books were left, that's why other books were not put in. Yeah, they didn't measure up. They They didn't didn't measure up. They didn't have the characteristics. They didn't, or they introduced other ideas. 66. 66. 66. Very good. See, I was halfway right. Um, They were, you know, they introduced other information that the other books cannot confirm or Mm. do not agree with. And so. If you read it from Genesis to Revelation, it is just a perfect revelation of who Christ is and who the Father is and who the Holy Spirit is and who the Holy Trinity is and and what the plan, what God's plan of salvation for mankind is and what His will is. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, study, commit the memory, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Mm -hmm. I promise you there will come a time when the Holy Spirit will remind you of that verse when you are being fed something that is not the truth. So let's talk about, real quick, because Miss Andrea is uh, a Bible scholar in her own right. Mm -hmm. Um, Spends a lot of time in the Word, with the Word, around the Word, teaching the Word. And so um, let's talk a second about... About inductive Bible study. Can we okay. do that? Sure. <coughs> inductive Bible study. So the term just means you're inducing out of the scripture what the Lord wants to speak to you instead of reading into the scripture your own ideas or what others think of the word. So it's a, that sounds important. It's a careful examination of the word in context. So we typically mm-hmm. study a book of the Bible, an inductive study, and we start you know, gathering some historical context, some um, understanding of the author, who he was writing to, what was the overall purpose. But before you even open a commentary or before you get a second opinion, you do a deep dive into the verse-by-verse study of the Word using 
um, you know, using some of the original language helps or some of the cross references, yeah, Bible dictionaries, Bible can, dictionaries can that aren't commentary. Right. They can get fact. There's a gray yes. area with Bible <laughs> depending dictionary. on what dictionary yeah, you're sure. using. So, yeah, you start um, looking at all the particulars of that passage. And it's just amazing what what God will begin to speak to your heart It's a super mm. exciting process. It takes time. And I think that's why it's so fruitful because you're, you know, it takes time to get immersed that deeply into it. Yeah. But uh, the, the idea is to observe what the text says and then interpret carefully the meaning. And then most important, which you mentioned earlier, John, the application. Right. So you want to take it, follow it all the way through to the end result, which is how does this apply to my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big principle. Um, so you might be asking, okay, if it's you, you want to study the Bible. So how do we interact with commentaries, teachers on YouTube, the preachers in our church? Uh, how do we interact with those commentaries? So after you've done that um, initial investigation for yourself with the study helps that we've mentioned then it's appropriate and good to consult various commentaries, understand, you know, what um, theological background they're coming from, because mm-hmm. they'll, you'll find some differences among the commentators, depending on their own um, theological persuasion. Mm-hmm. And so you make a comparison of those and, you know, whatever a teacher or a preacher or a commentary has to say is just additional information Mm -hmm. to consider but it all has to be carefully you know analyzed and balanced with what uh the word itself says i like the illustration of the uh, conversation Mm -hmm. once you've done that initial deep dive um you've maybe dug into some of the languages um and you might be saying like i don't know greek or hebrew there are some great free helps out there uh, Bible Hub is one I highly recommend uh, using. Got to be careful with it, but for the most part, it's free. Um, <laughs> so use that. Um, but once you've done that, your homework, you get you get to sit at the table with these great thinkers and commentator writers, and you get to discuss. You know, in a virtual book setting, you get to discuss the meaning of the text. Mm. with them you're not just taking wholesale what they say that's right and you might find yourself after doing that you may not agree with them yeah (laughs) you might and you may agree with a commentator you thought you would never Mm -hmm. like oh i don't uh, i don't like what this guy says about anything and then you do a deep dive and you're like ah he might be right about that yeah Mm -hmm. or she might be right about that or this guy over here and so um it's exciting and it's really i don't know one of the funnest things for me is to, you know, have those discussions with others who are doing that type of study of the same passage. And it's so enriching to be able to share with each other. Watching, watching that light come on in someone's eyes Mm -hmm. when, when the Holy Spirit reveals to them uh, the meaning of the word. And they're just, you, you can see they are in awe. There is a, an awe moment there where they're like, and, and you, the, I mean, it's just the revelation itself. 
And you know in that moment that they will never, they'll never be the same. Yeah. Because they have a deeper understanding of, of just, just one passage of scripture, mm-hmm. you know. And, it's good. and a short disclaimer for IBS. I, I know it can sound like a, a stuffy academic or scholastic pursuit for, you know, theologians and Bible scholars and church staff type people. But it is a deeply spiritual practice to do that. And it's really open and available to everyone. Um, when you say IBS, you're talking about inductive Bible, Bible study. study. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, okay. Not not the other, not the medical <laughs> IBS. Um, I don't know what that is either. So If you know, you know. <laughs> um, but so I, I want to kind of get, don't think of it as this like, rigid scholastic method it is a richly deeply spiritual way to look at god's word okay well i think it's i think it's uh it's understanding that it's just like anything if you want to fully grasp a a topic or a subject and be able to fully apply it you know i think that's the value of of going, of doing those deep dives and, and also understanding that the Holy Spirit is, is, is there with you to reveal Mm -hmm. his word to you. And, and that, that just kind of segues us right into day three, which is prayer, um, which is to me, that's one of the, the, the most rewarding things also is to read a passage of scripture and not fully understand it and and just ask the holy spirit you know god what what does this even mean how is this even applicable i just re- read through 37 generations of so and so begat so and so and so and so you know <laughs> but you know but how is this applicable to my life what does this mean for me or, or get or just I think I know what it means, but give me a deep understanding of what this means and how I can apply it to my life. And that doesn't that doesn't my personal experience that doesn't all that very seldom happens immediately. It normally happens in the days to follow. Mm-hmm. And and the Holy Spirit will show me something and connect it. He'll connect something that is known to the unknown mm-hmm. and he'll he'll say, This this is what this is what you was asking me about. Yeah. And this is the application of this word. Yeah. And man, when that happens, you're just like, and you never, you never forget that. <clears throat> and it's transformative. It is transformative. And I love that they included prayer in this chapter on God speaks because mm-hmm. so often we think of prayer as us laying out our requests before God speaking to him, but it is God speaking to us. It's that conversation. It's not just one way um, this, this, this kind of made me go, huh? <laughs> um, and this, uh, it says the purpose, and this is in that first paragraph where it says prayer doesn't give you spiritual power. That may sound surprising, but it's true. Prayer doesn't give you power. It aligns your life with God so that he chooses to demonstrate his power through you. The mm. purpose of prayer and first of all, that's a big it, mm. that's a big statement right there. Oh, yeah. The purpose of prayer. I'm like, yeah. okay, what is it? Isn't to convince God to change your circumstances. Mm. 
but to prepare you to be involved in God's activity. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think about the, the Hebrew children, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're being asked to bow down before. And you know, they, we know they had from studying Daniel and we know they had, uh, you know, they were men of prayer and, um, they didn't ask Pharaoh to change their circle. They didn't ask God to change their circumstances. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask, it wasn't Pharaoh. It was, um, whoever, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, they said, look, O King, you can throw us in the fire. Our God is able to deliver us, but he may not, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. you know, and so they were, they were, they were prepared to just whatever, Hey, these are the circumstances, but we're going to, we're going to follow God. Whatever, whatever happens, we're, yeah. we're cool with that. And um, that's where I want my children to be. That's where I want to be because, you know, when we, when we look at the future of our country and of our lives, we're like, oh, God, change this. Oh, God, change that. Well, that might not be the case. We, there's nothing that says the church in America will not have to walk through very difficult times. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if we do, and if that is God's plan for this time in our life, then I want to have that same spirit as those Hebrew children. They're like, well, I'm ready. Whatever comes mm-hmm. yeah. fire or no fire, deliver me from the fire or not. Yeah. I'm good. Right. <laughs> you know, God's right. going to be glorified. God is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, Absolutely. Well, prayer is a crucible in and of itself because mm-hmm. when you're praying, you are, you're laying your, you know, you're laying it all out on the altar basically. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, as Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. And you're pressing in to, you know, what, what you need, but God knows what you need better than you do. That's right. And so it's just putting yourself in his hands That's right. and it's taking my yeah. hand, it's me taking my hands off of the situation That's right. and surrendering it to him. And going back to Hebrews, Sam, you know, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, mm. and prayer is an incredible act of faith. Yeah. First mm-hmm. of all, you're, it's difficult because your flesh sees zero value in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prayer does not gratify the flesh at all. It's like yeah, it's, it's really trying hard. to think of everything else it wants to do. Yeah. You know, and it's like, see, zero, even the carnal man, just like, this is a waste of time. You know, when I think about that, <laughs> in our uh, 24 hours of prayer mm-hmm. that uh, Mission Moultrie advocates mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Uh, when you take that 3, 3 a.m. prayer slot. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I'm like, this avails my flesh nothing. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. But, Hopefully, avails absolutely uh, our community. No doubt it does. No doubt. <clears throat> yeah, um, you know what this brought to mind though. Uh, you're you're talking about um, prayers. That conversation is that A.B. Simpson story where uh, at camp meeting there was a young lady who was kind of walking around in the evening, and she came upon an open window, and she kind of looked, you know. Legend has it she looks through and it's A.B. Simpson and he's kneeling in prayer and she's thinking like, oh my goodness, I'm going to hear this the personal private prayers of the spiritual leader and I don't know how ethical it is to hang around. But anyway, she <laughs> legend has it she uh, stuck around to listen to A.B. Simpson pray and all she heard was, yes, Father, mm-hmm. yes, Father. 
Yes, Father. Mm-hmm. And so I always, you know, think about that story. So do you I'm... do you think he was hearing the Father say something to him and he was saying yes, or do you think he was just surrendering? I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> both would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Either or, right? Yeah, I mean, even yeah. if you're meditating on scripture and your heart mm-hmm. is saying, yeah. yes, Father. Yeah. I mean, yes and amen. Yeah. Just your yeah, will. Yeah, exactly. Whatever your will is. I love, you know, something that's really shaped my prayer life too is getting to know God as a good father. Mm-hmm. Um, one who just lavishes gifts. I don't know if it was, um, you know, I don't know what I attribute it to. I can't pinpoint anything, you know, as we were raised that would have caused this in me. But um, for a long time as a young adult, especially, I struggled just always feeling like that, you know, I got to be prepared because the next shoe's going to drop. Like I've got to be prepared for the worst at all. You know, no matter what, just be prepared for the worst, you know, because you don't want to be taken by surprise. I don't know where that came from. I don't either. But um, one day. I, I was, never dealt with that as a child. You did? I, I was I, so well, sheltered. I was. That's, that's a firstborn. I think that's a first. I think that's it a It might be a firstborn thing. thing, all that responsibility. Yeah. But I just had to be vigilant, you, you, you know, that just very be heavily. vigilant. <laughs> well, I was driving down the road one day towards work, and God just spoke to me and said, Why are you so worried? Mm. It was just like somebody else in the car with me, you know, those rare experiences like that. But I was just like, God, I'm not worried. And he said, yes, you are. Mm -hmm. And it's unbelief. Mm. And I just started weeping Mm -hmm. because I thought, yes, it is. It it is unbelief. Mm -hmm. And I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, over a series of years Mm -hmm. during that time, God just began to show me I'm so much better than you ever gave me credit for. Like I'm so, <laughs> I'm so much kinder. Mm-hmm. I'm a good father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so learning how good he is. And I love the passage. Um, one of the passages in this, that Matthew seven that came up, I think it was on this page, Matthew seven. Yeah. Right up at the top yeah. of page um, 77. If you go on and you read further, that's that ask, seek, knock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes on to talk about because God's a giver of good gifts. Mm-hmm. And we know that another passage, I don't think Matthew seven, but another one of the gospel says refers and names that that good gift that yeah. he is the giver of is the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when, when we begin to experience prayer, as receiving the gift of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit from God while we are knocking, asking, seeking, mm-hmm. that begins to transform our prayer life and draw us further and further yeah. into mm-hmm. a, a a deeper prayer life too. I'll tell you what dealt with me on this along the same lines is uh after reading Wesley's uh John Wesley's sermon, uh Almost Christian. I mm. think it's the one about almost Christian, but it's about Romans eight and the deals a lot with the spirit of fear mm-hmm. and the spirit of adoption mm. and realizing yeah. that I'm, I wasn't living as a son or daughter of God that mm-hmm. I was tiptoeing around him like a hired servant. Yeah. That yeah. spirit of fear. Um, and, uh, have y'all ever done any of the teaching on the, the orphan spirit, mm, which will, mm-hmm. which the spirit of adoption, mm, right. You know, conquers. Right. But, I think that 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 is tied to that what you were experiencing exactly because our earthly fathers, no matter how righteous or you know 
even me as a father, at some point I'm gonna I'm metaphorically I'm I'm dropping my kid off at the curb somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. At some point there's some need there's they some got need that meet. I'm not meeting. Right. I'm not gonna meet an emotional or right. physical or, or whatever. Or sometimes and, you and, just like refute like I'm not gonna yeah, do that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes it's a very conscious decision. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and so at each one of those places it it creates fear yeah. in the natural man, mm-hmm. you know, that, well, I, I'm, I'm going to have to watch out for myself here. Yeah. I'm going to have to defend myself here, and I need to be prepared because if they do this again, then mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to be caught like that again. Right. And, and we can walk around in that mm-hmm. um, for our whole life, and the fathers say, you don't, you don't, you don't no, you do don't that. have to walk around in that because... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am a good, good father, and yeah. I, I, I really hold in my hand everything yeah. that you need, and it's my desire to give it to you. Right, if, but right. you got to trust in yeah. me, right. fellow heirs with Christ. Yeah. That's right, and yeah. that's the Spirit of God in us is the one who calls out, "Abba, Father." That's right, and and so back to the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, wow. You know, realizing that that is. That is the divine nature. That is that mm-hmm. is what we have in Christ Jesus. Yeah, going down in Romans eight uh, from the spirit of the fear, spirit of adoption. If you keep going down, you get into the spirit uh, intercedes for us mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and prays for us with groanings mm-hmm. too deep for words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. man, uh, that picture of like not knowing. Like being in a circumstance where you have no idea what you should be praying for or can't even come up with anything that the Holy Spirit himself is praying for us with groanings too deep for words. Well, again, Mm. tying this all back to, you know, what's at the heart of Mission Moultrie is that unity and that oneness that we have with Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and that's that that was what the Holy Spirit, that's what God was speaking to me about, you know, prior to him calling me, you know, to the work and to the message of, of the unity of the church in Cockwell County is, you know, I did not have, I needed, the Holy Spirit just said, you need a deeper understanding of what it means to be one with Christ Jesus. Mm. And it's that Holy Spirit that is that direct communion, that same Spirit that was in Christ Jesus is in us, Mm. and that is that oneness. And I'm like, if we can wrap our brain around that when the Father sees us, he doesn't see someone outside of himself. Mm-hmm. He see he, we are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. He sees he sees us in Christ. He sees us in in the family. Being in God's family Belonging, don't just mean yeah. that I'm a I'm a child out here somewhere. No, I'm in Christ, and I need to get a deep understanding of what that means to yeah. be in Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we go to the Word. That's why we need the Word because that's where that understanding is going to come from is studying the Word and and praying. And praying the Word. And praying the Word. (laughs) I love that. I wrote down one of the prayers from the Word that I just love out of Philippians. You know, Lord, I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of sharing your sufferings. 
and becoming like you in death and and then mm. you know attaining to your resurrection that's so right. gosh that's a, that's a all, there's so many powerful par- prayers just in the word oh i know and that's yeah. that's that's what i you know years ago back in the 90s a little book sold millions of copies the prayer of jabez Oh, goodness. You know, <laughs> the darling book of the oh. prosperity gospel. You know, darling uh-huh. prayer of the prosperity gospel. And it's an incredible prayer, and it's a it's a great prayer, and I, I don't I think we would do well to pray the prayer of Jabez. <laughs> but if I'm gonna pray prayers from the word of God, mm. there's so many more yeah. incredible and I love yeah. I love the prayer in Ephesians where mm-hmm. Paul is praying for the church that we'll have a deeper understanding of yeah. how deep, deep and, and wide and high yes. and long is the is the love of God yes. so that we'll be filled with the fullness I'm like yeah okay if I want the fullness of Christ I need a deeper understanding of mm-hmm. of how he loves and so yeah, yeah that the word is full of prayers if you don't know what to pray Go to the Word. Just get out your Bible. Go to the Word. Historically, real quick plug, Robert Moberly argues, since we mentioned the Shema early, we've been everywhere during this podcast, but (laughs) uh, the the Shema was effectively replaced in first century Christianity by the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Mm. That that is our... uh, Prayer model. That they, Mm -hmm. like... First century Christians would pray that prayer every day. Oh, gosh. And the Lord's Prayer is so, yeah. so rich. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's got That's some, a whole nother day yeah, yeah, just man. on the Lord's Ooh, Prayer. Man. <laughs> there's some scary invitations in that. Yes. Um, chapter four. Uh, day four. Day four. Yeah, mm. sorry. Reality four. Hey, we're at... We're at an hour, so yeah. I just want to encourage people to stick with us because we're yep. we're gonna see it through, man. Yep, we're Let's not just it. gonna leave you hanging <laughs> on day it. three. We don't get Andrea Scarrow in the studio. No, that we don't. Often. So it's happening. Today. Oh dear, y'all might have, not have me back. Um, oh, we're definitely having you back. This has been fun. Um, day four, just kick it off about circumstances. Uh. It says Christians habitually seek God's voice through prayer, through his word, and through his messengers, yet sometimes we fail to hear God speak through his activity, even though he's working all around us. Now, Mm. um, you shared something in youth last night about when uh, you and Steve moved back Mm. from the mission field. Mm -hmm. Uh, Successful, I would say successful on the mission field in Mexico. Uh, you moved back to Friendship Alliance to pastor and minister there. You were sharing a little bit about that in relation to like seeing or maybe not seeing what God was doing. Oh, Sam, I'm having a senior moment. So tell me a little okay, bit more sorry. about what okay. I said last okay, night. Okay, no, no. So you were saying like what you were doing in Mexico that was very successful. Uh-huh. You just came in and oh, was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, we'll gotcha. just do that. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, when we moved from one circumstance to the next, 
we I am so tempted just to rely on my experience of what what's worked in the past. And so when we came home from Mexico, I was like, oh, yeah, we know how to do all this church ministry stuff. We'll just, you know, redo what we were doing there. Yeah. We'll do it here just to, you know, tweak it a little bit. But, I mean, God doesn't want that. God has a new set of circumstances. He's got a new plan. He's got... He's more interesting Yes, he's way more interesting. And he's certainly not limited to my experience in life. So, you know, that process of just... Again, it takes going to him, getting on my knees. God, what do you want to do here? And, you know, actually um, studying through this section on God speaking, God was even talking to me more. And I don't know if last night kind of um, sparked that uh, in me too. But, you know, how much time do I spend um, coming up with my own ideas, my own innovations for ministry? Yeah. And how, and so many of them are, are just that, my own ideas. Mm-hmm. And so really uh, allowing the Spirit to, um, you know, tell me what He's doing and get on board with that and stop spinning my wheels. It's so much. It's, it's just. It saves a lot of time. And so much more fun. I think <laughs> um, I'm going to tell myself a little bit. I think like church staff people and the whole model of, I don't want to get into church bashing, but the whole model of having church staff mm-hmm. really bears some of the blame for our model-driven, strategy-driven. Like it's good to have leaders that have an idea about what they're going to be doing, but when there's so much pressure to perform Mm-hmm. Uh, in the like, you're a senior pastor of a church, and mm-hmm. you get paid, and people expect you, or maybe you expect yourself. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with self expectation <clears throat> to perform because of that, and to just like I'm not hearing yeah. from God. Well, but what this we value, works. what we value in this country, um, in in America, is leadership. Mm-hmm. We value leadership. We study leadership. Mm-hmm. We've written. Thousands Some of, of books us have a master's on, in leadership. That's right, and and leadership is important. Man, we need leaders, but we need leaders that know how to hear the voice of God, mm-hmm. and yes. and then will follow Him and trust Him. And 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 here's the thing: when God's leading you, you don't have all the answers. Right. He, you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, so this is getting exciting because this morning I sat here and I wrote this down. Like Uh I was was starting to think, you know, so when I was in full-time ministry, I literally had all day long to innovate, plan, do, Mm -hmm. start, you know, a million things. And since I'm not any longer in full-time ministry but have a job at UGA that takes a lot of my time, I'm more razor focused and I tend to make sure like it's got to be what God wants me to do. Cause I don't have time to waste. That's right. you know, I, don't have Great time book. To, I don't have time to innovate. Great book called what's next best really dives yes. deep into, into that. So I wrote what if, <clears throat> and this whole idea of experiencing God, getting on board with what he's doing, seeing what others are doing in the body and working at it together. I wrote, okay, if I'm going to innovate in ministry in working for the Lord, the in, my time spent on innovating needs to be about 10%. Mm. The rest of it needs to be 
praying, mm-hmm. finding like-minded people, mm. praying together, like people. planning together, implementing together, keep mm-hmm. praying together. They don't need all my new ideas every week. No. I just yeah, need to get good. on board with what God is doing. That's right. When when we, and that's been the amazing thing about Mission Moultrie is, and again, you know, one of the things I heard God speak to me about Mission Moultrie and what he's doing in Moultrie is that everybody's in place. He's He's gone before us and he's put everybody where they need to be and and if we'll just seek him and and pray and he'll he'll show us he'll show Mm -hmm. us you know i had no idea god had the plans for a podcast for mission (laughs) Moultrie. i I had no idea that that was and and he just but he'd gone before me and he Mm -hmm. had sam in place and he'd already given allotted sam the time to do it which Mm -hmm. is amazing to me because if it was up to me it wouldn't happen if i had to do anything other than show up here and do it I wouldn't mm-hmm. have time for this. And right. it's just amazing to me what God is accomplishing. Yeah. You know. He can do so much more than so much I more. think or imagine. So much more. This 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 group that's meeting every Monday night of mm-hmm. pastors, I envisioned it, but I've had nothing to do with it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, that's what we saw. That's what we talked about early on, that that needs to happen. It needs to, but I, I've got like zero to do with it other yeah. than I've been invited to participate. You know, and and enjoy yeah. watching it happen, and it's so it's so freeing, and it's so not uncumbersome mm-hmm. when you're following the Lord like that, and He's leading because His yoke is easy and His yeah. burden is light. And when we when we start getting into that flow mm-hmm. and learning to hear, um, one of the, my greatest one of the greatest examples of God just doing something that was a desire of my heart. Um, this this building that we're recording that we're here in, um, eleven years ago, about twelve years ago, I was sitting at the red light watching them do the reno on this place, and I just had a just a knot in my stomach. I was like, God, I would love to have an old building like that to read to do what they're doing, mm. and but I was in nowhere able to make that come to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just wasn't even on the table feasible. Well, about a year later, we were approached about buying the building, but the the terms and the the process was not really orthodox. It really wasn't the norm of, you know, and so I just dismissed it right away. And then I got up one morning, I was getting ready for work and I was, I just knew the Lord said, Hey, you need to take another look at that opportunity. Mm. And so as Huckabee suggests, I, I, you know, there was nothing in the word that necessarily contradicted. So I called a, my close Christian brother Mm -hmm. who was also an attorney. And I said, Hey, John, you know, this is the deal. I feel like the Lord's wanting me to look into this. And he confirmed that, no, we could do it legit, legal, you know. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is crazy. And so we walked into this building with zero money down, you know, and God took us from one place and basically just sat us here. And it's been an incredible blessing to Mm. us. And we've been able to share it with so many people. His ideas are so much bigger than our own. They're so much bigger than mine. And he just, in a moment, he just moved us you know, 
seemingly light years ahead of where, yeah. you know, we, we could ever move ourselves. Yeah. And, awesome. um, for his renown. That's yeah. right. That's and this right. kind of moves into the last day of the week, but I think <clears throat> I'm the last person who'd be like, Oh, our character studies worth my time. I'd, I'd say no. <laughs> um, there's only one person in scripture worth emulating. It's Jesus. If you want to be like somebody in scripture, be like Jesus. Okay, but what about David? What, no, <laughs> do not be a. Mer- We're not getting into that. We're not getting into. He that. was a man after God's own heart, Sam. Yeah, I, I want to be that. If I, but if I could choose one, who oh would yeah, you choose? sure, yeah. <laughs> so Jesus, why would you choose Jesus? Anyway? Trumps them all. That's our, oh, that's um, one of your favorite words. Oh gosh. Um, Maybe a sign that we've been we've been recording too long. <laughs> too long. Um, no, um, what I was gonna say is mo like looking at the rhythm of how Israel moved through the desert after mm-hmm. they left Egypt. I mean, they were really prepared. Well, they weren't prepared, but um, Moses was prepared to just camp out until God said move. Mm. And I think about that in my own ministry and ministries I'm involved in, and I think, okay, are we willing to camp out and not hear, or not that we should shut everything down and not do anything, but when we're thinking about, like, okay, what are our next steps? What are we going to do? What's mm-hmm. the next children's ministry or youth ministry or, you know, church plant or what? <clears throat> whatever you got going on, are we willing to camp out until God says move? Waiting, this is this was huge for me to understand. Waiting on the Lord is not doing nothing. Mm. It's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And um, first of all, it's it's faith. It's trusting that God is working and doing something. And you know, again, it's so uh, free. There's so much freedom when we learn to fully wait upon the Lord. And not try to move these mountains that mm-hmm. um, we're only going to move in His strength and in His timing. Right. And so I, I think that's key, Sam. Is so, Miss Andrew. What are your strategies for dealing with uh, silence or waiting? Mm-hmm. Well, I really identified in this on this day five with um, Jeremiah, where he was at. I hadn't noticed before, it mentioned Jeremiah 33, but when um, 33, 1 through 3 says Jeremiah was still confined. So Mm. I did a little research. Well, (laughs) he was still confined. If you go back to 32 and 31, he was confined in the courtyard of the guard of the royal palace of Judah. King Zedekiah had, had imprisoned him there, and he was still confined there. Uh, Zedekiah didn't like Jeremiah's prophecies, evidently. But um, and then it's in that context that God says, "Call to me, and mm. I will answer you, and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know." Mm. So when I feel stuck, I, and I feel confined, I, honestly, I feel confined a lot in my time by my by my job. Um, but when I feel those circumstances are constrictive or limiting, um. It's really an invitation from God Absolutely. to call to him 
And so whether it's church planting or, you know, ministry or just life, I think when, when I feel shut down or in a time of silence or, or having this restriction placed upon me, um, that's it. That's the There's like a neon sign flashing. Call on me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite promises of God's word is several times in the book of Psalms, he says, I'll bring you out into a spacious mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy, a gentleman in my Sunday school class years ago, we sitting there. I don't, I don't remember what I was teaching that day, but I remember what this gentleman said. He, he just raised his hand. He didn't speak a lot, but he said, John, he said, my mama told me three things. Two plus two is four and no more. Less is best and space is beautiful. <laughs> and over the years, God's just shown me the spiritual truth behind each one of those things. But the space is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That is a beautiful thing to just be in a spacious place where you don't feel crowded in, you know, and years after that, I heard the Lord say to me, space is grace. Mm. And if you think about that, waiting on the Lord, it, he, he gives you grace for waiting on him. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's a spacious place. There's nothing more spacious than just understanding the grace of God. There's, yeah. We don't have anything to crowd us in. We don't have anything weighing on us. We really can just be that carefree little child mm-hmm. who's just like has zero. You know, that's one thing I do appreciate about our childhood is mm-hmm. I very seldom that we feel like we had a care in the world. Yeah. You know, when was we going to, you know, um, Maybe, tobacco season or maybe you she felt like <laughs> something was gonna happen at any second and it's probably because well, she helped take good good care of me i was like i got hey i got somebody else had your back yeah. behind exactly. the scenes <laughs> but uh you know that is yeah w- learning to wait on the lord mm-hmm. learning to trust in him that he is he's in control man he's got yeah. We don't have to. Now, there are times to move and there's time to take action. And there are times to, like I said, when the waiting is over and he's given us instruction, there's times, like I said, like with Moses, there's times he said, move. When you see the cloud moving, you move. You don't. Well, here's what I wrote down about space. This is so funny. No circumstances keep us from him. Sometimes the most restrictive, confining circumstances create space mm-hmm. for us to see him that's right mm. it's like an oxymoron almost right yeah. it's like but it in the what we're experiencing in the natural mm-hmm. doesn't limit creates your, opportunity yeah, in yeah. the spiritual yeah you know and it's almost like he's yeah. hemming you when he hems you in yeah as a Psalms 139 says, you hem me in. Mm-hmm. He's It's because he's wanting to guide. He's he's leading you in yeah. that hemming in. Yeah. Um, one thing I've discovered about like having those desert dry times or when I feel like the Lord's led me out to the desert and it's silent. Mm. <clears throat> or like for whatever reason, I'm not hearing for the Lord. It, I fall back to church history Mm -hmm. and think about, okay, so 
what were those, what were our forefathers doing in the faith? And that's where those spiritual disciplines come in. That's why we have, um, it's not popular these days, but like uh, the Lord's Prayer, creeds that mm-hmm. you can go through. Mm-hmm. And growing up, <clears throat> um, you know, we, we always said the Apostles' Creed in church. I grew up, you know, Methodist. And some people are like, oh, I don't like doing that. I don't like liturgy because, you know, people are just in there and they say it. And they don't mean it. And it gets, if you say it too many times, it gets old or boring. And some people say that about the Lord's Supper. If you do it every Sunday, it just gets old and routine. I'm like, man, that's such a negative way to look at it. I, I Sometimes it's been a life raft mm. of just like... Like that's an anchor for you yeah, like, to hang on to. You know? Yeah, to mm-hmm. affirm what people for centuries have yeah. been affirming. And, um, yeah, it's part of my, my, part of my waiting is, uh, just reaffirming those things that are unchanging. Yeah. Yeah. Going through, um, Scott McKnight, King Jesus gospel. Great book. Going to plug it. You should pick it up. (laughs) I'm going to pick up some copies for some, some people. Um, talks, he links, uh, the gospel. Mm-hmm. In First uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen, to the cre- the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. to uh, our creedal tradition, and how reminding ourselves of the creeds and the gospel mm-hmm. just continually re-energizes Absolutely. us. Well, and in, mm-hmm. in the going back to the word that we've already talked about, you know, it's like Andrea, you've you found a the word is so good and God's been so thorough to give us in the word life examples of people who have endured similar things and, and how they endured it and, Mm -hmm. and, and what he spoke to them during those times. And it's just, it's so rich, so very rich and such a incredible, um, gift. The word is to, Mm -hmm. to the church, to the believer. And, that apostles creed and, and the truths that are expressed in that that's teaching and when you sit down and when you go, you know what I'm saying? Being on your mind all the time that that is drilled into your head. And it has not the truth of that. That's based on God's word has produced a fruit and mm-hmm. has produced something oh, yeah. in your life. A it faith, is a, a stronger faith, yeah. a stronger faith, a, a courage, keeping, a yeah. keeping, keeping faith, power, yeah. you know, yeah. a ceiling, um, yeah, and so, well, guys, um, we could go on for another hour, and we're getting close. <laughs> um, this so, is the longest podcast we've oh dear, ever they're recorded. They're going to say the first one with no, a but woman. It's so good. Take, so good. Take a few days. Uh, uh, I think there's enough material here. You could probably walk through every day in like 10 or 15 minutes. There's probably at least that much <laughs> on every fun. day. It's a great thing about a podcast. There's no commercials, and yeah. uh, you can stop it whenever you, can you stop want. It. Yeah, whenever you want. <laughs> Um, so this is our last chance, I think, timing wise to plug the concert, the Seventh Day Slumber concert. Yes. October 16th. Well, we'll, we'll say it is. Yeah. Okay. October 16th. We might um, get one more shot. The recovery tour, a night of recovery. Um, free, free, 
if you get here early, you might get a barbecue sandwich free. Um, while supplies some, last. While supplies last. There's going to be some great organizations here, faith-based uh, ministries mm-hmm. that are really serving our community. Are there non-faith-based ministries? Um, I hope Good not. Question. I hope not. I hope not. They're not very effective if they are. They don't uh, produce much for the kingdom no, of God. No. They're not pleasing to God since it's, yeah. without faith, it's no impossible faith. to please God. Yeah. So if it's not there a faith go. base, then go. don't go there. All right. Um, uh, last plug if you want to check out um, Miss Andrea's teaching and her style and how she <laughs> walks through the word, uh, you can check out her YouTube study of Revelation. Revelation, yeah. yeah. We've gotten uh, through chapter 10, about halfway through the book. What's the channel, YouTube channel? It's actually um, right now just on the Friendship Alliance Church YouTube okay. channel. I will link you. Can you t- link that? Yeah, I will. Uh, in the show notes, I will leave a link to the first video. There's also a Facebook that? page. Um, it's Friendship Alliance Women's Study Group. Okay. But, um, is it the, private? Do you have to ask um, to join? Yeah, I think you'd have to ask me to join, but you can see it. Maybe the YouTube channel is the best way. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Also, Sam, uh, missionmoultrie.com is live. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I think everything, it's, it's, it's basically just phase one uh, with basic information about Mission Moultrie, who we are, what our goals are, what we try to do. And um, there's, I think there's one podcast up there now, Sam. Is there? I think. And um, but by the time this is dropped, I bet you you'll have some more up there. I hope so. Man, we're getting some weirdness. But luckily, you're hearing uh, music roll in, and that signals the end of the podcast. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Please make sure you check out Miss Andrea on YouTube. Uh, like, share, subscribe uh, to this podcast so you can hear more from us in the future because we will be around after this series is done. Uh, and we've already got some great interviews uh, that we're going to get into. That we've already recorded. They're already ready to go after this series concludes. So uh, stick around for that and more from the Seven Realities for Experiencing God series. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.